The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Tonight's episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to the memory of Melissa Coates. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Uh, well, there's a lot going on in the world of wrestling, some firing, some res- results, etc. But as far as uh, real life goes, no, can't really complain at this point. Everything's opening back up and everyone's getting their pokes and yeah, uh, there's yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> a week. I can see it. I can see it myself. I'm about a week and a half now before I get my second poke and then I don't know. We might have to do one more episode over the Skype like this, or maybe depending on how schedules are, maybe this is the last one. Who knows? Yeah. Over the cell. I'm like, I'm itching to get back in down, down in the mat cave and into the, into your home studio and, uh, and do, do, do this proper. It's been way too long. I think we had like that first kick-ass episode and then I think it was like two or three episodes and then it was like, Oh, the Corona thing. No, I don't even think it was that. I think it was like, just, I think it was literally just the first one. And then it was like, Oh, Coronavirus. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but we but we made do. It lasted a hell of a lot longer. I mean, we thought, we thought it was, yeah, and we hoped that we thought it was going to, but um, we persevered. Mm-hmm. And uh, things are only going to get better from here. Before we get on with the grunt, as my dad would say, um, there is a couple things, unfortunately. We do have to acknowledge the loss of some people within the pro wrestling world. Um, first off, Sabu's manager, Melissa Coates. She unfortunately passed away. I don't think they gave any reason or anything as to why or anything, but she was just way, way, way too young as it is. I think she was only yeah. 50. Yeah, she was 50. Oh, wow. Yeah, which that's... That's, that's that's I'm fifty, you know, like that's. But something tells me she was living a lifetime a lot uh, a lot harder than I was. Yeah, and I can only imagine like being a pro wrestler. You don't really, unless you watch like Dark Side of the Ring or like st- stuff like that. You really don't know like the trials and tribulations that these competitors go through mm-hmm. and outside the or behind the curtain. Right. Well, it's like I didn't know. I didn't know this, but Bailey's first match in wrestling altogether was against her. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Uh, that's something for the trivia books for sure, for sure. So that's too bad. Rig, uh, wrestling night in Canada can gives our condolences to the Coates family. That's too bad as well. Our condolences go out to beautiful Bobby Eaton. And superstar Bill Dundee, because as well, we lost Donna Dundee Eaton, who was Bobby Eaton's wife and superstar Dundee's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's 
that's too bad. And once again, uh, probably a lot young. I don't know exactly how old she was, but she's definitely wasn't that time, shall we say. When when they announced it, and I had kind of forgotten about it. Like, like I heard maybe about a year ago that Bob Eaton's wife, you know, was superstar Bill Dundee's daughter. And it just it just got me thinking about Imagine like you're you show up on your first date with with this woman, okay, and you open the door and boom, there's superstar Bill Dundee. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh <laughs> but I guess Eaton was probably in the business already for at least a couple of years before meeting Donna and all that. So they really wouldn't have, have had that situation, but, 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 but still <laughs> it's like, imagine, mm. imagine you, you make a date with this girl and you, you know, you show up and then boom, there's this huge wrestler, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying Dundee was huge. He was just a little guy, you know, but it's the size of the fight and the dog, not the size of the dog in the fight. Right. All that, yeah. which, which that's, uh, I don't know why Dundee never really, really broke, you know, in on a national level. Yeah, he was former AWA tag team champion with, with, with Jerry Lawler. And he had his managing gigs in WCW, but he was always a mainstay, a really a huge mainstay in the Memphis territories and the surrounding areas and all that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we give our condolences to the Dundee and the Eaton family. That's too bad. But um, that's enough of that. Like mm-hmm. you said at the top of the hot mat, you said we've got a lot to talk about. We got a packed show, a really cool, uh, cool turnbuckle talk because it kind of all is related to hell in a cell. Mm-hmm. Which is, I believe that just happened. The Telling Cell 2021 happened. When did it happen? On June 20th, it happened. Oh, okay. All right. For some reason, I was thinking yesterday, and I'm like, no, no, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Nope. no. Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yesterday it was raining in my basement. It wasn't. It wasn't hell of a cell. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. Before what? What I want to do? I want to quickly share something with you guys that you're kind of getting. You're you're going to get a kick out of this. This morning, before you know my my work day started and all that, I took a little trip to the record shop. Okay, and I ended up buying a couple secondhand albums. I ended up I bought Rush's Moving Pictures. Okay. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, it's classic Canadian hard rock record from Rush. Yep. All right, and I had it on on cassette, and I definitely needed it on vinyl after all these years. This another one I bought was an original pressing of the of the seventies soundtrack to the 2001 space odyssey movie oh sweet yeah yeah and this kind of hit me this afternoon okay I'm, I'm gonna put you guys to the test here why would i why would i be mentioning these two albums on a wrestling program uh well 2001 i imagine it's because it was rick flair's theme song 
<laughs> yes, yes. Also, Sprat Zarathustra yeah. was the theme that they used for 2001, but it's an old classical song, I think. Was it Mozart? That No. I'm, I'm not sure. This, uh, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. This is definitely something as music connoisseurs that we should all know. Should know who I mean. did that, yeah. <laughs> but for the life of me, right, right now, it's kind of left my head. But yes, ding, ding, ding. That's one of the reasons. Okay, why, why Russia's moving pictures? Hmm. Russia's moving pictures. Do 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 do. Um, I can't really think of the reason why. Okay, first, first song side one is Tom Sawyer. Oh, okay. The first lyric is the modern day warrior. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the late great Kerry Von Eric, he dubbed himself the modern day warrior, taken from that song. Hmm. Okay. Now you know. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start you off with a little trivia. Okay, all the guys listening here, okay. You are not going to wow any girls with this <laughs> trivia, okay? <laughs> this, it's just, it's not a bra and snapper. It's not going to help you this weekend. <laughs> it's just you useless trivia that kind of hit me today. <laughs> All that. So. I don't think any, I don't think anything involved with the band Rush has ever gotten a guy woman before. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, no. And saying, hey, ladies, I'm a big wrestling fan. Yeah, that doesn't really. <laughs> no. it's, it's like I was, it has something to do with it still, but it's like I was playing Xbox last night and everybody goes, welcome to my life where every girl I end up trying to see, they're like, oh, what music do you listen to? And then brutal death metal starts playing. I was like, my life, bud. My fucking life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brutal death metal isn't really a chick magnet either. <laughs> it's just funny. He goes, oh, do you know uh, Flesh God? It's like, oh, yeah, we're friends with him. Oh, yeah. what about this? Oh, yeah, we're friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have we met? What the hell? <laughs> uh, so with that in mind, maybe you can uh, let us in on all the fun and games involving this year's hell or cell. This year's Hell in a Cell, yep. Well, it came a little bit earlier than uh, usually it's an October thing, but this year it came in June because they must have something special brewing up for October. Is, uh, is Hell in a Cell? No. WWE, something special? Uh. <laughs> is Halloween on a Sunday this year by any chance? Uh, to Google. I yeah. do not know. Yes. Uh, oh, sure. oh that's, uh, that's fine. That's yeah, fun. I I got no problem partying on a Sunday. Okay, maybe we're gonna get Halloween havoc. Ah, that would be cool. Yeah, WWE would bring it in just for well. I know Vince hates bringing in the WCW stuff. Right. So it would be XT Halloween Havoc on the Saturday. Well, and then do something on the Sunday. Well, maybe Vince will do it just this once. <laughs> Like it's like WWE Monster Mash or some shit. <laughs> ah! uh, oh God! Oh, that would okay. We we joke. Okay, remember Great Balls of Fire though. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I can totally just see someone playing their radio at Titan Tower come <clears throat> come Halloween, and you know, there's the Monster Mash is being played on the radio. What's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that sounds that's the Monster Mash. Yeah, <laughs> that'll make a great yeah. Bruce, Bruce, <laughs> why didn't we buy buy this song? Ah. <laughs> Bruce, you have to put Braun Strowman in the main event, sir. We fired him six months ago. God damn it, Bruce. <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> but he is a monster. Sir, he's signed to AEW now. Fuck! What? <laughs> What's AEW? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we joke, but all these things are very big. <laughs> That's that's just it, yeah. We're we're pissing around here, but fuck, it could, it could very well happen. Yeah, yeah. That's the well. We already got zombies, so let's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's we'll just wait and see what happens, I guess. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, this year's Hell in a Cell came in June as opposed to October, and yeah, it was. It was fine, you know. It wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. It was it was a fine pay per view, I'd say. But it was fine. It was a fine. No, rather a four letter F word. Yeah. <laughs> fine. But yeah, we'll, we'll go through the matches and uh, we'll let you know our thoughts of it at the end. But anyway, kicking off the main show. There was a match on the pre-show, but it was just yeah, it was nothing. It was just an extension of a raw feud between Natalia and Tamina against. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, and yeah. <laughs> okay. I, th- I think that feud's still going on. I'm not sure, but I should actually mention before I get into the main show proper that one of the Hell in a Cell matches that was scheduled for this show actually ended up happening two days beforehand on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio. Any word as to why? Yes. Mm-hmm. It actually oh. came uh, Roman Reigns' wife uh, wanted to do a big family get-together. So Roman asked Vince, and Vince said yes. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know you're the golden boy, okay? <laughs> or Vince is just losing his fucking mind now. Can I take okay. the paper off to have dinner with my family? Sure. Yeah. yeah, okay, what do you think the chances of that would have been happening in the middle of the... the the Attitude Era, or during you know when WCW first on the fucking spot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you want to go home? Okay. Well, <laughs> just, just don't come back. <laughs> you should have just said, "Okay, then you're dropping it to Rey Mysterio." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Well, if that if that matches any indication of what it could have been on the pay per view, then that wasn't really. It was a okay TV match. They just be, they just happen to be surrounded by a really big red cage. Yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty much what like Ray Mysterio got that's, thrown into that's the cage. That bomb spot into the cell looked like it sucked though. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it did. But like, if, there's, if there's one guy who could take that, it would be Ray Mysterio. 40 year old Ray Mysterio going, fuck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, so because of that, that took one of the one of the Hell in a Cell matches off of the pay per view. So the SmackDown Women's Championship match got turned into a Hell in a Cell that Friday 
on SmackDown as well. So, so <laughs> that gave us the two, the two Hell in a Cell matches for this card. So speaking of that, that was the match that kicked off the show proper. The SmackDown Women's Championship match between uh, Bianca Belair defending against Bailey uh, inside Hell in a Cell for the first time in Bianca Belair's career. This is Bailey's uh, second time, I believe. Yeah, uh-huh. last, last year was her first time against Sasha. So yeah, the, the Cerebral Champion targeted her opponent's arm, bit her, used a kendo stick and a sunset flip powerbomb as she dominated the action. Belair absorbed it, fought back, and tied her with her own her own hair to Bailey's wrist, making it easy to beat her. Uh, around ringside without an easy escape. Later in the boat, Bailey introduced a ladder that would prove her downfall. Uh, Belair avoided uh, damage, delivered a senton to the lower back of her opponent, and finished uh, the role model off with a KOD on an open ladder for a definitive victory. So it was a pretty good match. I know my description wasn't exactly all that detailed, but... It's I, it's worth a watch. It was a great yeah, opening show. Out how to use tape. Yeah, the, like they had a little bit of a callback spot to when Bailey uh, was uh, had trouble with the tape at last year's Hell in a Cell, where she was trying. Yeah, she was trying to tape the kendo sticks together and couldn't quite get it. So this this time around, she already had the kendo sticks taped together <laughs> under the ring, and Michael Cole pointed that out on commentary, and then. Bailey shouted at Michael Cole saying, shut up, Michael Cole. They know that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. He called Bianca Beller a seasoned veteran. Yeah, that, uh, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. A seasoned oh. vet. Like, what, what has she been on the main roster for just over a year? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, this this is the same federation that basically called Ronnie Garvin Harley Race a, and Harley Race a rookie. Mm. Okay, in in nineteen eighty eight, when like Race had gray hair, <laughs> you know. So so whatever they say, like they're they're going to say, you know, like their their rooks are seasoned veterans, and you know, like that's really nothing surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the sad thing is, it was a football player who said it. It wasn't yeah. Michael Cole. Pat McAfee. Ah. Well, I mean, these guys are all just being fed lines from Vince in the back, anyway. Well, we that, that's true too. That's true yeah. too. So, yeah. Well, whatever. I'll forgive them for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's the worst thing they do. Which I'm sure it's not yeah, going I'll, to be. <laughs> forgive him too, because the two months of training he had, he was so fucking good. Apparently, yeah. That mm-hmm. match was great. Yeah, it was actually surprisingly. Like of all the celebrities, I think we discussed this on a previous episode. Of all the celebrities yep. that come through, he's probably been the, one of the most impressive. Pat McAfee and the rapper dude, who I can't remember his name oh, anymore. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Those those were the two best wrestling or celebrities to wrestle a match. Yep. Yep. But <laughs> let's hope we never have to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let us never speak of it again. That's it. That's it. Well, Vince was spotted at a Dave Chappelle comedy show the other night. Oh, uh, that right. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> New 24-7 champion in a year. Give it time. Uh, Dave Chappelle. 
Or it'll, he'll just be one of his sort of Chappelle show characters. They'll be like Rick James or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that reference. I know, I know I what you're know. talking about. Yeah, it was okay. actually, I actually did see a, I actually did see a joke on uh, on the internet when they when they were talking about Vince being backstage at his show. And if you know the if you know the uh, Chappelle show skit where he is Rick James, there's a play, there's a part where he walks in to uh, Eddie Murphy's apartment, looks around, goes, "Nice place, N word," and someone said, <laughs> like, said someone said. Oh, what if Vince did Vince walk back there and say that to him? I could see it too after the whole thing with John Cena. Uh, Just walking back, nice place. And- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. It's going to be that kind of night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even yeah. halfway done with the first beer yet. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no. Shit. I'm drinking a tall boy, so that's that's the reason why. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, next match on the card was uh, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Seth Rollins attacks Cesaro during the entrance, immediately putting the Swiss Superman on the defensive. Outside of a few spurts of offense from Cesaro, Rollins dominated the action, uh, seeking to avenge his WrestleMania 37 loss. The Swiss superstar fought back, using uppercuts and jabs to stun the architect. Uh, Rollins reestablished control of the match momentarily, but Cesaro delivered the swing. He looked for the sharpshooter, but then a crossface, but Rollins ultimately out-wrestled him and rolled him up for a surprise pinfall victory. So this one, we all thought Cesaro was taking this one, but Rollins pulled out the surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All because Ed's wanted to work with Rollins. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Edge and Rollins have a history together. Like mm-hmm. back, back when, uh, back when Rollins was the uh, WWE champion, when he was the, I guess, like the golden boy for the, the Authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he almost broke Edge, or he was he was going to give uh, the st- uh, the stomp to Edge when he was still like not a wrestler. So yeah. everyone was like, "Whoa!" Oh, and then yeah, it got stopped thankfully because yeah, and then even to this day, I'm still worried about Edge taking that move. Because that could really, really <laughs> do something b- that could really go wrong. Yeah, because Ron stomps on the shoulder blade when he does it. It's like, mm, that's close. Yeah, and also Rollins has a history of uh, injuring people. Like Finn oh, Balor. Sting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But maybe, uh, he, he's actually been pretty good since then. Let's keep in mind that this was like five yeah, five years ago. So, I don't. Wow. I, I don't think he does the buckle bomb anymore, and I don't think he would do it to Edge after what happened to Sting. Yeah, no one should do that. It drives me crazy. Like I yell at the TV when I see a buckle bomb or when they're screwing around on the on the ring apron. Oh, the apron bombs. Yeah, yeah, that just drives me crazy. Like, what are you doing, you guys? I remember Daniel Bryan took one of those like his first match back. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Kevin Owens. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. Rollins gets the win. Uh, it was a very good match. Not as good as their WrestleMania match, I would say. But it was still some solid wrestling from two solid wrestlers. Uh, the same cannot be said about this next match, however. It was Alexa Bliss taking on Shayna Baszler. Now, as expected, there was some spooky... Uh, 
stuff going on in this match, but it was actually pro- it was probably the most wrestling that she, or uh, sorry that uh, Alexa Bliss has done since transitioning into this uh, evil character that she is now. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but, yeah. <laughs> but the the basis of it was definitely around uh, Alexa's supernatural powers. Uh, yeah, Shayna Shayna sought to exercise the demon that is Alexa Bliss in the main card's third match, taking the fight to her from the opening. Uh, Bliss responded uh, with laughter, smiles, and further mind games. Baszler doubled down, targeting the left arm of her opponent with a sickening stomp, only for Bliss to menacingly laugh it off. Bliss fought back and even at one point hypnotized Nia Jax into slapping Reginald. That uh, was fucking hilarious. Yeah. It was, but it was a little bit silly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, she uh, Bliss escaped a Karafuda clutch and delivered uh, the sister Abigail to Baszler, followed that up with a twisted Bliss off the top rope for the pin and the win. So yeah, there was definitely some spooky shit going on here. <laughs> okay. So, apparently Alexa Bliss can mesmerize people now. So. Um, yeah, but not like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I was gonna say she's been mesmerizing me since 2016. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she she basically put the whammy on her opponent. Essentially, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And ha- are they wondering why no one watches wrestling anymore? Like, uh, have, have they stopped to think about that at all? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Which I guess maybe uh, the next thing that we talk about a little later on is going to explain exactly why Alexa Bliss is putting the whammy on people. So I guess we'll save it for then. Yeah. Especially after I've had a couple more drinks. Because <laughs> every time I every time we talk about the WWF, I have this sudden desire to overwhelming urge to pour another drink. Well, this episode is very WWF heavy. I'm pretty pretty sure that's all we're talking about is WWF. <laughs> so. Oh God! Oh wait a minute! Oh God! You're right. Yeah, I am. Oh geez. Okay. God, uh, it's gonna be a long. All right, all right. All out. <laughs> we should have talked about something to do with impact on this episode, but oh well. Too late now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, following up the supernatural. Series, uh, we got a, another match uh, between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Honestly, I can never get sick of these two wrestling because they have such great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And two two good old Canadian boys. And I'm recording you know? SmackDown on Friday just for that match. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Their, their Money in the Bank qualifier. Yeah, it's a last man standing. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's, that would actually be good. I might have to tune into SmackDown then. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, on to this match, the never-ending feud between KO and Sami Zayn uh, wrote its latest chapter on this Sunday night. KO, still reeling from the Nigerian nail he endured at the hands of uh, Commander Aziz Friday on SmackDown, found himself on the defensive through much of this uh, the early portion of this match. Owens nursed his arm, uh, speculated to be a shoulder or wrist injury by the commentary team, essentially making him a one-armed man in a fist fight. Uh... He would mount one valiant, or he would mount one valiant offensive, uh, but the bloodied Zane sprinted across the ring and delivered the haluva kick for the pin and the win. Yeah, like uh, as, as I said, these two always have like such entertaining matches because they work so well together because they know each other 
like they've known each other since like they started wrestling. Like they're best friends. So <laughs> in real life. And, oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. They they always put on great promos together. They always have great matches. They trust each other like to the end of the world. Like and this oh, yeah, match, some of the shit they were doing to each other on the indies, it's like, guys, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the the legends of Ste- of Kevin Steen and El Generico. <laughs> oh, definitely. El Generico's yeah. retired in Mexico. Oh, of course. How silly of me. Or is that just a conspiracy theory? <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy theory until they let go of Sami Zayn. Yeah, maybe Sami Zayn's going to go crazy with the conspiracy theories, and that's, that'll be the El Generico coming out of retirement. That'd be cool. And then he can team yeah, up. Yeah, but then WWE will try and take the El Generico name, so that shouldn't happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like the I'll... shit they're doing with Keith Lee right now is... Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. A real fucking name. Come yeah, on. Yeah, how, how do you how do you do that to someone's real name? Like Cody Rhodes was a different story, a little bit, but because like that's not his actual last name. But mm-hmm. still, like, how do you? <clears throat> it's the guy's real name. You, <laughs> that isn't there. Like uh, you would think, you would think that they couldn't legally by law. You know, because what what did the Ultimate Warrior do? He, Richard Helwig changed his name legally to the Warrior, and the WWF couldn't do shit about it because that's his legal legal name. Right. Oh yeah, he was just the Warrior when he was in WCW. Right. Yeah. Right. And then all of his subsequent appearances afterwards and all that. So if Keith Lee is the guy's real name, well, I don't understand any recourse that they may have. Yeah, that seems it seems it's, it's a very bizarre thing going on. You don't believe it. <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid, but it also sounds like a Vince McMahon thing. Vince probably doesn't think it's his real name, or maybe he just likes the idea of owning this guy. Uh, yeah, that's entirely possible too. Like, <laughs> like I hate to say it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I I mean, like at the end of the day, all the WWE superstars are just Vince McMahon's toys that he. Oh gets. yeah. Uh huh. And when he's sick of them, he just throws them out. <laughs> yeah, just like when a child gets mm-hmm. gets tired of his Christmas toys and all that, and yep. they they just end up going back into the closet and all that until the new ones come in. Well, mm-hmm. that's wrestlers' careers in McMahon land. Yep. One day, one day you're Woody being played with all the time, and then Buzz Lightyear <laughs> comes in. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's exactly it. That's a good analogy, dude. Right on. Yep. Disney analogies. Yeah, gotta love them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continuing on. Uh, next up was the Raw Women's Championship match: Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. Uh, yeah, the most devastating loss of Rhea Ripley's career obviously happened at WrestleMania 36 during the lockdown era uh, last year when she lost the NXT women's title to Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, Sunday she had the opportunity to avenge that defeat and retain the Raw Women's Championship against the Queen. Uh, Flair cheaply used the women's title before the bell to distract Ripley and seize control from the opening bell. Uh, she predictably targeted the knee of her opponent, uh, absorbing every burst of offense that uh, the Nightmare uh, mustard and executed a pitcher perfect standing moonsault. Ripley fought back, but the queen caught her with a drop kick uh, to the knee and sent her 
into the ring steps. Uh, a figure four allowed, or sorry, a figure four followed, but uh, the champ fought through the pain. The Nightmare then used a piece of the announce table to blast Flair in the face, uh, calling for a disqualification. So, yeah. <laughs> Charlotte wins by DQ. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Announce tables all the time, but the flimsy little cardboard piece, DQ. Oh, yeah. Like, Gordon like, <laughs> like, dropped people Orton. on their head on that fucking thing every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many times did Randy Orton slam the Singh brothers into that thing when he was shooting with Jim Hall? <laughs> every, every chance he got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how many. Uh, oh, th- yeah, it's just I've seen so many people go through the announce table during a regular match, and everyone's just like, "Oh, why'd you do that?" <laughs> it's 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 like an arm bar. Yeah, it hits her with a cardboard piece, and they're like, "That's solid steel." <laughs> yeah. As meanwhile, it's flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, yeah, so it was kind of a disappointing end to this match that had a lot of potential to be great. Mm-hmm. I figured that was going to be the show stealer. Add money in the bank. Yeah, they are wrestling again in money in the bank. So. Because technically Charlotte didn't lose. Oh no, technically she didn't lose. <laughs> That's the shit she pulled. She's like, yeah, I wasn't pinned and I didn't tap and blah, blah, blah. And technically I won. So where's my rematch? Like Charlotte. No. Yeah. Well, maybe that's how they're booking it. Yeah, apparently it is. I didn't watch Raw after, but yeah, apparently that's that's how that was the the logistics behind it. So we get yet another match between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. But All right. it's it's the, it's the first pay per view match back in front of a crowd, so we'll see how the crowd reacts to it. See if they're as sick of it as as, uh, as I am. We'll see if the crowd <laughs> boos when Charlotte probably will win. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Time will tell. And now we come to our main event. Dun, dun, dun. It is the second Hell of a Cell match of the night for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre challenging the almighty Bobby Lashley. If Drew McIntyre loses this time, he can never challenge for the WWE Championship so long as Bobby Lashley holds the title. Ah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, so the WWE champion Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre went blow for blow early and often in, in uh, this Hell in a Cell main event, with their battle confined to the event, yeah, to the Vince titular match. The Almighty utilized MVP's walking cane as a weapon while McIntyre shook off uh, its effects and delivered a spine-shattering air raid crash on the ring steps. Uh, the Scott followed uh, with a reverse Alabama slam, driving his opponent's face first uh, into a steel chair. He escaped uh, a desperate hurt lock attempt and downed the champ for a two count. Lashley answered by shoving the stairs into the challenger, which drove him into the side of the cage. Uh, Later, a referee bump led to another official unlocking the door and entering the structure only for MVP to follow and break the pinfall attempt. Now locked in the cage with a vengeful baby face, he ate a Claymore kick from McIntyre. MVP then popped up later in the match as uh, McIntyre was about to deliver the finishing blow to Lashley, holding McIntyre by the foot and allowing Lashley to score a cheap roll-up for the pin and the win. Well, what do you... Mm. 
Okay, so why did this have to be in the the cage in this in the hell in the cell? Like why? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And like I mean, I guess it was technically a better ending to a Hell in a Cell match than The Fiend versus Seth Rollins, but uh-huh. oh, okay. uh, but a, a cheap roll-up. Like, yeah, like that's just, I don't know, like this, I like, okay, I haven't seen it, but just going by your description and all that. Like, the I match just, itself I, was great. Like, it was a, it was like a knock them out, or knock them down, drag them out brawl between two big Haas mm-hmm. fighters. So I was entertained throughout most of the match, and then that ending happened. And I was like, oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's over? What? Yeah. And then I was expecting someone to come out, like uh, like Lesnar. I was expecting Lesnar to return at that point and oh, set up some cool. lap. Lesnar will probably show up at Money in the Bank. When yeah. Mm-hmm. After, yeah. After uh, they sacrificed Kofi to Lashley. Yep. Uh, Lashley, I mean, Kofi in nine seconds, and Brock goes, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, I got him in eight. I'm better. Uh, well, that is the rumored uh, rumored SummerSlam main event, is, or one of the main events is Bobby Lashley versus Lesnar, which which they've been wanting to do for a long time, or at least Bobby Lashley has wanted for a long time. And but Brock doesn't want to be in the title scene anymore, so hopefully Lashley beats him. Yeah, that would really put over Lashley huge as champion mm-hmm. if he beat Lesnar at SummerSlam. Yeah. That would be... Yeah, the only reason why I would really want to see that is if if uh, Lesnar actually passed out to the Hurt Lock. That would be something yeah. huge. Yeah, or because you bring Lesnar back just to win it and hold it for a month or whatever, and then like 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 there would be a riot. Okay, mm-hmm. like if Lesnar ever wins the title again, and there's there's only smart smart fans left watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okay, nobody wants. Lesnar, like anyone that gives a shit about Lesnar, have given up on wrestling a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's the reason. He's the reading. He's the also the reason for a lot of ratings on any episode of Raw that he happens to be on. So, but it, it's just it's it's there, there's no long term advantage of having Lesnar. No, not at all. You know, no. like for what what they pay him and what he brings in. He doesn't move the he doesn't move the needle, you know, mm-hmm. anything. If they let Brock do do what he was doing in 2002-2003, like when he would actually fucking full on go, then fine. Yeah, well, after- that was definitely that was a, a different Brock Lesnar though. Yeah. He actually he actually wanted to be there. He wanted to give a shit. He, he, yeah. You know? His matches his matches with Kurt Angle are all-time classics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that Lesnar doesn't exist. Show were fucking great. Yeah, that that's true. But that Lesnar doesn't exist anymore. We're not going to see. We're not going to see this Brock Lesnar ever attempt to do a shooting star press or anything outside of a German suplex or an F five. Really, mm-hmm. <laughs> this Brock Lesnar wants half a mil for giving somebody one F five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Like. Raw is halfway over right now, and um, I have no intention of watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's watch it, yeah. Brad hurts my brain. Yeah. 
Well, after you were giving me updates on last week's episode, I was like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not watching this. Um, remember how I said Dewdrop turned on Eva Marie? Sorry, Piper Niven turned on Eva Marie? Yes, Viper. Yeah, they, they just want a tag team match. Uh, what? I think they did that backwards. Yes. <laughs> so, aren't yep. they supposed to turn on each other after? <laughs> right? Huh. And they and they beat Oscar Nail. It's like, uh. okay, okay, so so they're they're killing that team already. Like, is, didn't isn't this dewdrop just relatively new? Well, it's Piper Niven. She's been around the world. Basically. Okay, yeah, but she's just in the. She just showed up in WWE recently, right? Yeah, as as Eva Marie's uh, cohort minion sidekick. Right. And then last week she turned on her, and now this week they're teaming again. It's like Vince. <sighs> Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't get like I don't understand. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I understand. You you break up a team, one turns on the other, and then that takes the angle where those two, you know, are a blood, a blood feud and a pain. Yeah, yeah. Like but that's... here's the thing: probably Bruce Pritchard knows that Piper could whip Eva Marie around a million times and not get tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. And like, I don't know. Like I'm happy that that she's winning matches on the main roster, but at the same time, this character change is just, uh-huh. why? Like, it's not, it's not going to do her any good. Like it's not going to no. do her any favors change switching her already before she's yeah. really even established. And like, like when she came out, uh, like when she came out for her debut with Eva Marie, like the commentators were like, Oh, who's this? Who's this with Eva Marie? It's like, okay. So obviously, Nobody watches NXT UK. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for letting us know that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, I can hear you pouring another drink. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's nobody about her feud in ICW with shit. Who's the NXT? Who was just the NXT women's champion? NXT UK women's champion? The. Oh, Kaylee Ray? Yeah. Yeah. And then they had it next to UK, and then it's just like, oh, who's this with her? It's like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. But anyway, uh, at the end of the day, uh, as, a, as a result of the uh, matches ending how they did, uh, I ended up retaining my WNXC championship. So. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Yeah, yeah that was going to be the yeah. next thing I said. Yeah. Do you, do you have the final scores handy? Uh, I think uh, it was... Uh, I know, I know. I didn't write down the final scores, but I ended up getting ahead because... Okay, like, we all went, we all went for Bianca, so we all got one point on that one. Well, we all went for Cesaro, so we all remained at one all for that one. And then for what was it now? The oh yeah, we all went for Alexa Bliss, so we all got cool on that one. Right. Um. Then KO versus Sami Zayn. You two went for KO. I went for Sami Zayn, so I got a three to two to two against you guys on that one. And then. The Raw Women's Championship match, I took Charlotte Flair. You guys took Rhea Ripley. So the disqualification victory gave me <laughs> another point. Oh. 
So oh. four to two to two. And then the main events, uh, Dustin and I took Lashley and you took McIntyre. So it ended up being five to three to two for me. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, see, that's, that's what makes this competition so interesting. It's just, it's whoever wins. Like we don't decide how or why it's just whoever is declared the winner. So like we, we, we could pick someone and then they lose by some cheap disqualification or referee reversal or, you know, it's just, it's some, some dumb call to, to keep the program going, which is a part of wrestling. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what makes this so interesting. Yeah, so Charlotte didn't win the title, but she technically got the victory. So that's yeah, right, right, right. Like I'm, I'm happy. That, I'm happy that Rhea's still champion, but at the same time, I'm happy that I'm still champion. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So as is tradition on Wrestling Night in Canada, Hell in the Cell 2021. Horns up, horns down, horns in the middle. Uh, middle. Yeah, I'm gonna give it horns in the middle because like the matches were good, but. The outcomes were so inconsequential. It just doesn't, nothing mattered. <laughs> like, right. nothing mattered. Like, nothing, like, yeah, that's just basically all I can say is like, no storylines really progressed. Everything's, it's just, yeah, nothing, nothing really happened, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. You had a hard time caring. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, though, like, based on our predictions, like, how, who we picked and like how the card was structured, I'm glad that. The three matches that we all picked the same person were first, and then the other three matches where we all picked someone different was last. Right. Be right. Made for some anticipation towards the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, rather yeah, than sure. like, rather uh, than knowing who won like halfway through the fucking card. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, enjoy your spotlight in the sun now. Yes, I know mm-hmm. I said it that way. Enjoy it now, my friend, because that title's coming home back to Snowyland next time. What's the next? Do we have an impact pay per view? We, we can do predictions for. Uh, yeah, I believe. What is it? Slam Slam anniversary. Yeah, I think this weekend coming up. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk over that, and we'll uh, we'll post our predictions on the old Facebooks, and right. uh, yeah, we'll we'll. I'm, I'm I'm defending my title earlier than I thought I was, but you know, a fighting champion fights when he has to. So that's right. That's yeah. right. And so, like like I said, the world's going to be opening up for me soon here. So I'm finally going to be able to reclaim my belt in person when oh. when that time comes. So you're so sure, are you? Uh, well, yeah. Like, yeah okay. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Dustin will pull out another upset. There we go. Yes, someone is due, Ducky. Come on, the man. First, the first time we come back to, we're both of us are allowed back at your place. It's mm-hmm. always like, I'm gonna win the belt. I'm gonna win the belt. I beat him by one. It'll, yeah, <laughs> it, and it, it'll it'll be Impact or NWA or something, which is supposed to be my strength. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and when are you guys are gonna beat me like by like one? Uh, and it'll be because of a technicality oh yeah just exactly what i said the thing that makes it so damn interesting is the thing that's going to pull the rug out from under me Mm -hmm. Uh, well either way i look forward to it yep look forward to it so congratulations my friend but shine it up 
because I'm coming for it next time. All right. Well, it'll be here waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, not not waiting, or the the there is a waiting line in the unemployment line right now for some ex WWE wrestlers, unfortunately, because it seems once again a lot of people were on the chopping block. Yes, uh, I believe it was round three this year so far. Wow. Like I, I remember the remember, okay. Remember the good old days when it was just they just let a bunch of people go like once a year right after WrestleMania, yeah, and all that you know. But now, now it's like three this year. Wow! Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, well, I'm I'm to believe though that a majority of these were from 205, correct? Yeah, there was a, a handful from NXT, but a majority of of them were from the show 205 Live, which was basically just the Cruiserweight division as right. in its entirety. Uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, quite the shocker. It was like just, oh, I, I mean, sort of, but not really, I guess. Like, uh, yeah, like, because they... All of a sudden, it was just like we you were getting the news reports saying like, "Oh, these two guys are gone," and then half an hour later, and these guys, and <laughs> these guys are gone. Like, and these ten, and these and ten guys, like, oh, and then we were like, "Oh, here we go." As soon as there were four gone, we're like, "Oh, just wait." Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck another oh, another fuck. guy. Oh, they just took that guy out behind and shot him. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like a lot of these guys didn't really get a chance to like really shine outside of uh outside of 205 live because there's like really there's like, like a pretty thick glass ceiling on that show uh-huh when yeah. i come to- just just by the fact i didn't know any hardly any of these people mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know any of these names it's like holy as shit of- who are these people on, as of right now on 205 live there's four active wrestlers and two of them are hurt <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, this just screams to me that they're just they're killing two hundred five. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. They're they're just giving the show the axe, and they're they're it's like it's just another uh, it's it's a continuation of WWE cleaning house in what we're uh, suspecting to be a, a future sale. Hmm. So. Every every time this happens, it's just kind of, yeah, <laughs> it's just like it, it becomes more and more evident. Right, right. So, okay, so but there were a few quote unquote names that did that 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 did get released though. Yeah, so I got the I got the list of the uh, the newest crop right here, and uh, starting off the list was a former cruiserweight champion Tony Nice. He actually like in like the year uh, in 2019 he had a pretty good year when he won the cruiserweight title and he had a pretty good run with the belt uh, mm. defending against uh, Buddy Murphy at, on the WrestleMania kickoff even uh-huh. yeah and they they had a really amazing match which Buddy Mur- I'm pretty sure Buddy Murphy won that one uh, for his first cruiserweight title and yeah like after that Tony Nese was kind of just relegated like exclusively to 205 live not even going to nxt like 
after after the after the cruiserweight title went to NXT, two hundred five live kind of just became purgatory for a lot of these guys, right? In a way, because like the yeah, it was, and and also the pandemic coming around the the show was just it was cut from one hour to half an hour. It, it, they, Holy it, shit! It, yeah, it it didn't end up moving from uh, the the performance center to the Thunderdome. And yeah, it was like they didn't even bother changing the NXT ring ropes when they did two hundred five live. It was, it was still the it was still the yellow ring ropes with the NXT turnbuckle pads and uh, yeah. I can't just I can't just see when the writers are all getting together, mm-hmm. right? And Bruce says, "So what are we going to do about two hundred five? And the writers just kind of look around to one another. What? Huh? What? What? Two hundred five? No, it's three fifteen. Like what, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean two hundred five? Bruce, stop wasting time with this two hundred five. Yeah. And even though the show was called two hundred five live in the last year and a half, it was anything but live. Right. It was, it was very much pre-taped. But yeah, moving moving to only a half hour. Like, how do you have a half hour? Race? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even done my first drink a half hour into the show. Like. Yeah, done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I even watched one episode of 205 Live. Like, I rarely ever watched the show after it, uh, after the pandemic era started. But, okay. like, I watched one episode here and there. And, like, some of them were even only, like, 20 minutes. They'd only have, like, two matches and barely any storyline progression, if there even was any on that show. Wow. And it, this was only available on the network, right? Yeah, it's on right after SmackDown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's no wonder I never saw any of it because yeah. just I don't have access to it. Yeah, exactly. I know it's on. It replays on Sports Center on fuck Wednesdays or Thursdays. I think Thursdays. Oh, okay. Oh, because I've been recording all of them and watching them. Okay. Oh, all right. But uh, oh, yeah. I know I know their initial airing is on the network right after SmackDown. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And when you've only got two guys on the roster, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to laugh, you know, like it's too bad these people are getting cut and let go and all that. <laughs> okay, all right. This is this is reminding me of this uh, of this WWE game. I forget what the name of it was that was on GameCube like many many years ago. That only had twenty people on the roster uh, of the game. So okay. if you did a Royal Rumble match, some guys would come out twice. <laughs> oh, jeez. Was there WrestleMania <laughs> Sorry? Was there WrestleMania 18 possible? No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't WrestleMania 18. It was, uh, Day, of I think it was Day of Reckoning. That was it. Yeah, very, very limited roster. I never actually played the game. I just remember reading about it in a magazine, and I was like, 20 people? What? Oh yeah, how do you have a game with twenty people? <laughs> but yeah, so, so this is what two hundred five live has become. As like as of now, it hasn't been officially canceled. So it's like, all right, you got four guys, unless unless a bunch of NXT guys go over there for for a show. <laughs> all right, Rich, I don't see that happening. So no. before I, before I my head hits the pillow tonight, I'm going to check to see if two hundred five live has been just been axed. Next. Okay. If yeah. anything, they'll probably move the four guys to NXT. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. And then just get rid of 205 Live entirely. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> if, if this is it, then 205 Live, we hardly knew you. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. literally I can literally say that. Yep. Uh, okay, but didn't like Fandango or those, some other yes. guys got released. Yeah. So there was, yeah, Tony Nice. There was Arya Davari, who was a 205 original. He was actually, he, he had been on for a, quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was, uh, yeah, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, who were part of the NXT roster. They got released, which was, they were a comedy duo, but they were also really good at wrestling. And, and, they, they, and they, they just had an NXT tag title run, too, like three months yeah, ago. They, yeah, they did. They well, It was a very short run, and then they lost him to Imperium, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, they they were a part of the the main roster for a little while on SmackDown and Raw, on, and they had this uh, segment called the Fashion Files, which was it, it was a comedy sketch. But I'll it be was, honest, I loved yeah, it. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Both Fandango and Tyler Breeze had amazing comedic timing, and yeah, that's like the one thing I'll miss about them is <laughs> like I it was kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Is was was their was their comedic timing and their and their really good chemistry together, and their theme song mm-hmm. was catchy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's looking as though uh, Tyler Breeze said he doesn't uh, know if he'll ever wrestle again after being released from WWE. Wow. Yeah, which is a uh, which is a shame because he when he made his NXT return initially uh, solo when he had his little feud with uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, feuding for the uh, North American title, they actually put on a really good match at a takeover when that mm-hmm. happened. And I thought he was like poised to be like another like a NXT uh, mainstay, but then he reunited with Fandango, and yeah, they had their little title run, and then they were off TV for a while, and yeah, now they're gone from the company altogether. Wow, it's unfortunate, and also Fandango. Like, talk about a guy who like. Had an amazing debut in this, then just kind of fizzled into mid or undercard purgatory because I'm pretty sure he beat Chris Jericho at a WrestleMania one time. Yeah, yeah, like they were they were giving him the push, like they yeah. were doing something with him, and then it's like they kind of forgot all about him, and you know, yeah. But and everyone was fandangoing what they called it. Oh, when they were doing like the pointing their fingers in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the UK crowd still did that when, when the when they when WWE last was in London. It's like, yeah, the UK crowd really gets into it a lot more than the American crowd. I've noticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I love it when WWE goes to England, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen in so long. <laughs> it's been too long, and I want to see it again, <laughs> just for the uh, crowd. That's a tour for late fall, apparently. Are they doing Raw and SmackDown? Yeah. Okay, well, then I will tune into those Raw and SmackDown just the crowd. <laughs> you want to know who's not on the posters? Who? Drew McIntyre. What? What? Yeah, that's okay. They bring in guys like Davy Boy Smith for the European tours and all that back, back in the day because he's going to sell out Wembley Stadium and yeah. Wembley Arena and he's going to be over big all throughout the UK. Yeah, hey, Drew, Mac- Drew McIntyre is going to be the oh, fuck. Yeah, Drew posted <laughs> like I'm not announced from that tour on that tour, but I'm sure I'll be there somehow. 
I hope so. Yeah. Like, that would be cool if the company's part. Ah. Note. Like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. Okay. But yeah, the. (laughs) (laughs) Long story short, yeah. And Daniel and Tyler Breeze are gone. Tyler Breeze may not wrestle again, which is a shame because he's a really good wrestler and a good old Canadian boy. That's right on, for sure. Three, sure. three Canadian boys got released. The Thug Bollywood boys, who are the same brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're from Calgary? Thank- Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they're, how are they? They're related to. Uh... They're not. I don't know if they're related. Are, are they related? They're not related at all to Gamma Singh, are they? I don't think so. Singh is a very common uh, Indian name. So. Yeah, but. You know, it's the same. I, I don't know if if the Singh family is like the Hearts or the Anoas or something. I you know because didn't because they on Impact they brought Gamma Singh back because he's the legit uncle of was it who was it now? Isn't it Jin? Uh, yeah, Jin Ginger Mahal. Oh, okay. No. Shit! I see. I'm. I'm not prepared for this at all. This is yeah, all. Sorry. This is all. This is all off the top of my head. But the Impact had a tag team. That yeah. were they not the legit? Okay, uh, like I said, the top of my head obviously is not working here. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm not. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not sure if uh, they were even really brothers. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or if they were just paired together. Because they were both East Indian. <laughs> right. Okay, well, at, so, at some point, we have to do a a uh, turnbuckle talk on Gamma Singh. Okay. Let's put it that way. At some, at, at some point, hopefully yep. before he leaves us. Right. Okay. But yeah, uh, Bollywood boys, they, they were pretty entertaining. They were, uh, when they were uh, still just the Singh brothers when they were on SmackDown with uh, Jinder Mahal. But like I said, like I mentioned earlier, when Randy Orton was just like smashing them constantly into the announce table and they would take bumps like champions like they. And they I think at one point uh, one of them fell off the Punjabi prison, like through the announce table, like when Randy Orton knocked him off. So, yeah, Randy Orton put those two through the ringer, (laughs) I guess you could say. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, kids are tough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, remember that one time? I don't remember which brother it was when he threw him and the, he legit landed on his head and you could see Randy's face kind of go like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. I don't remember which one it was either. So, yeah, but you could tell Randy's face was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, oh, please don't be dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, kind, of a, kind of a shame they were relegated to 205 Live. Because they could have brought a lot of, like they are really good wrestlers, and they could have brought something to the tag team division. But I guess that's kind of a lost cause. <laughs> I realize that. Tag speak. team division. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly my point. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I was actually doing some research here on the Bollywood boys, and those are the two guys that Randy Orton beat the snot out of them at ringside and put one through the table. 
Yeah, we were just <laughs> we flipped him over, and, and he had that look like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we were literally, okay. yeah. we were literally just talking about that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, okay. Okay. Because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of going into business for myself here. Because oh, you have okay. me thinking about who these guys were. Okay, mm-hmm. I did not know this, but this is really cool. Early in their careers, they did the did Tony Candelo's death tour in Manitoba. You know. Oh, they did. Yeah, so they they have their ties here. Oh, well, that's cool. Well, maybe we'll see them in an indie show here once the world opens back up. I would be down for that, guys, for sure. Yeah, maybe we can have them on the show. Who knows? Right on. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. As I, as I was saying to Dustin, I was like, they could have been a really good addition to the tag team division, but then I realized as I was saying that 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 was kind of a lost cause <laughs> on the main roster. There is no tag team division. Yeah. And they they could have potentially had some great matches on NXT as well, but I guess I guess Vince and Hunter couldn't really find much to do with them. Oh well, their loss will be someone else's gain, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, which that's kind of what I want to get into. What who else yeah. is kind of who else was on the list? Uh we had uh, August Gray, who was uh in Evolve, I believe, before he was signed with WWE. And he had been signed to WWE for just under a month, just over yeah. a month. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rise, who just re signed a contract the day before. Yeah, Everrise on NXT, and they were in a, they were in a feud with Hit Row, on um, even like on their most recent episode. So now that I guess that's over. <laughs> I guess Hit, Hit Row moves on to another feud, but yeah. Wow. And Marina Shafir, who is Roderick Strong's life, uh, wife. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Uh, Roderick Strong just came back on NXT this past week, and and now he finds out that his wife doesn't have a job. That's that that's, sucks. That sucks. Yeah, for lack of any better term, yeah, it sucks. Like, I imagine I can't imagine being in this situation right now. Like, mm-hmm. and a thing came out too. Marina even said apparently there was another guy who got released too, the Atrios or whatever his name is. How I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, Arturo Ruas. That's it. Uh, he yeah. was told he was going to be joining Diamond Mine later, and so was Marina. Oh, okay. Well, who, who is Diamond Mine right now? It's just uh, it's Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, and who was the third guy? I don't remember his name. Yeah. Okay, I know uh, Malcolm Bivens is their manager. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going uh, tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I feel really uh, bad for both Marina and Roddy because like Roddy's got to be in a very precarious situation, having just come back to TV and like. Obviously, he can't quit the company, or I guess he could. But if he like, if he quits the company, nope, neither one of them in the family is going to be making money. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know all about like half, half your paycheck disappearing because you know the company you work with, you're working with, you know, has has to let let you off and all that. That's happened more than once to both either me or Mrs. Snowy and all that. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a fact of life, and it it sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. But well, I guess I know she's getting paid for the next uh, three months uh, until her till her non compete runs up. But uh, as far as she goes, I don't think I can see her joining another wrestling promotion. 
probably going back to MMA would be her most likely scenario. Oh, okay. Yeah, if she like shows up. Uh, I, I don't know if she was in. I can't remember if she was in UFC. I think she was. Okay. Yeah, or she could show up in Bellator if Bellator has a women's division. But yeah, that that's where I see Marina Shafir showing up. Is back in mixed martial arts. Yeah. Okay. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, ultimately, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, uh, this other guy that we mentioned just now, Arturo Rura or Arturo Ruras. Sorry. <laughs> Arturo Ruras. There. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I pronounced it correctly on the last time. Anyway, I I honestly don't know anything about this guy. I've I've heard the name a couple of times, but. I couldn't, couldn't, can't put a face to his name if I tried, which is unfortunate. And I don't mean that to be insulting. I'm just right. <laughs> you can't know everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you know anything about him, Ducky? No. No. Hmm. Well, sorry, Arturo. We, <laughs> we we don't we don't mean to be dicks, but we hardly knew ye. Uh, yeah, we didn't know ye whatsoever. That's right. All right, uh, next on the chopping block was Kurt Stallion, who was another signee who was only signed like a month ago, I believe. Yeah, he was just on NXT. Yeah, he was, yeah, I, I do remember him being on there a couple of times. Uh, yeah, he, oh, do you remember his name on the indies? Or was he always Kurt Stallion? Um, let me go on Google right now. Okay. So is, is this guy Italian? Kurt please, Stallion? Uh, yeah, please tell me he's not. I don't think he is. Okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, that's that's just a reference, you know, from the the Italian Stallion, which was yeah. Rock was which was Rocky, like the real Rocky, the the the, the movies. He was the, Rocky mm-hmm. was the Italian Stallion. And then in pro wrestling, you know, the Italian Stallion was sort of a job guy. Okay. As well, and it's like I can just see like the WWF writers thinking, okay, we need this guy needs a name. Well, <laughs> okay, let's go in. Who, who have we had in the past? Yeah. You know, we can't call him that. Can't call him that. Can't call him that. Oh, he was in Ring of Honor in 2017. Uh, it doesn't say what his old ring name was. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe, you know. maybe we'll see him again in Ring of Honor this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a feeling that we're probably going to. Mm-hmm. Some of these people, at least. Yeah, absolutely. He was in the first class of the Los Angeles New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo. Uh, oh, okay. So is that it for... Uh, nope. He, got, uh... he lost a match in the, the best of the best tournament in Combat Zone Wrestling to Matt Riddle. Oh, okay. That mud show. Is that, that, <laughs> what what, what, what show. does Cornette call it again? Like that that mud show bullshit. bullshit. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Those I, best I, tournaments are good, though. They're like high flying cruiserweight tournaments. They're amazing. Okay. I have a couple DVDs of them. They're good. Right on. So, so in CZW. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, next up was Killian Dane. Right. Yeah. This yeah. was the one. This was the Braun Strowman of the yeah. releases this time round. 
Yeah, he had a whole thing going with uh, with uh, Drake uh, or Drake Maverick on NXT, where they were like mm-hmm. this comic tag team. Yeah, yeah, he was the he was the the buddy of the little guy. Yeah, yeah. he was also. You want him? You got to go through me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the only member of Sanity now left is Nikki Cross. Yeah, and she's a superhero. Now she's Nikki Ash. Nikki what? Nikki Ash. Oh. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I just, I just, I think you guys shared a picture in our group chat of. Yeah, I did. Nikki Cross now. Yeah, of her. Yeah, of her as a superhero. It's uh, apparently that was her idea. So, I mean, if 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 that was a thing that she wanted to bring to fruition, good for her. See if see where it goes. But see where it goes. Yeah. But yeah. The whole thing just kind of reeks of what what what's going on in the movies now, Bruce? Well, yeah. there's lots of um, superhero movies. Yeah, superheroes. You mean like like Dick Tracy in the Shadow and the, <laughs> the Lone Ranger? <laughs> no, Vince, not, not quite. Uh, that was 1940s. Harry Helms. Uh, he works for us still. He's a writer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't you remember Hurricane? Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh, I can I can definitely see I can definitely see uh, maybe at SummerSlam Nikki Cross doing something with the hurricane. Oh God! Why do we put this shit out there? <laughs> it would be cool, be awesome. Like Nikki Cross needs a mystery partner for an intergender tag match. Yeah, it's all possible. Okay, just as long as Doctor Doom shows up and beats the snot out of both of them, like oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe or maybe Mighty Molly will be her partner. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you guys are killing me. Yeah. <laughs> hey. It would get a, hey, we pop though, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in the Royal Rumble uh, last year, I think. Twenty twenty? Yeah, sure. Right, right. Okay. So I guess we'll see. I could just I could just picture it now coming out and Michael Cole doing his Oh my <laughs> yeah. WWE Hall of Famer, Mighty Molly <laughs> and etc. You know. So yeah, but uh Killian Dan being gone from NXT, that was a real shocker because was, I, yeah. I, I, I did like, I did like his program with Drake, but at the same time, now like Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf are both out of WWE. They both could potentially go to Impact and rejoin with uh, Eric Young. Yeah, yeah. Once once he comes back from injury, and they could like they could either join Violent by Design or they could just form like a new new Sanity. Because like, well, with Eric, is Eric still on TV or is he like out out right now? Yeah, no, they're they're on Impact. Okay. Eric Young. Eric Young, yeah, he's, I know he's got a touring CL right now. Okay, but he's at least doing promos and all that. Like I okay. last, like I, I, I haven't seen Impact the last couple of weeks. Okay, I, I haven't watched much of any current wrestling in the last last couple of weeks. Actually, kind of with the with 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 the switching because of the hockey playoffs and all that. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's been making things kind of kind of kind of difficult. For me, outside of the NWA, which you know it's on Tuesdays, and I can watch it any time after that. I don't have to be right then and there. 
Right. You know, so I haven't really caught much current wrestling the last couple of weeks, but I believe, uh, yeah, uh, Young is still cutting promos with them. Okay. Well, you know. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a reunion between Dane Wolf and uh, Eric Young. I mean, that would be because, like, Sanity never really got off the ground on the main roster. Like, they were. There was such a force in NXT, and then they said, oh, they're getting called up to SmackDown. And I was like, oh, okay, let's see where this goes. And then I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and nothing happened. <laughs> that's kind of what I wanted to do as well, if we were done with the... Uh, well, that's, the, like, that's like the Roderick Strong, Marina Shafir conversation. Now Killian's out of work, and Nikki's working. Oh, yeah. That too. Oh, okay, they're a thing? They're married, yeah. yeah. They're married. Oh, okay, yeah, that's sort of a thing, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, yeah I, I, there's this woman in my life for the last 32 years, yeah, I kind of got a thing with her. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you've mentioned it once or twice. That's right, <laughs> that's right, yeah. She's a real person, we have to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> so, was that everyone? Like a, well, there was one more, and it was uh, an actual, not a, not a superstar or anyone on TV. It was actually a writer who uh, has right. been, had a bit of an online presence uh, after a quote that she shared. Whoa, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, she goes by the name of uh, Kenneth Mobley. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Right. And she's uh, kind of become infamous for exposing the fact that she got a job with WWE and basically was told that she didn't need to know anything about wrestling in order to get the job. Mm-hmm. Now, this has been an ongoing, like, this was, they announced this, like, a year ago or whatever, like, this 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 really isn't nothing new with this lady. No, but for, for it to be actually, like, confirmed by somebody, it's just like... Yeah. Uh, for someone <laughs> to actually come out and say it, mm-hmm. it's just... And I'm just kind of curious if they gave her the boot before or after her making the statement. I'm pretty sure it was after. I'm okay, relatively sure. Yeah. Okay, that because uh, like okay, because she, she didn't even know. Yeah, we were gonna say the same thing. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, go on. She doesn't know the name of the world champion. Right, yeah. Like, she was struggling to find, to tell us who Bobby Lashley was. Yep. Yeah, it was, uh, honestly, reading the quote from her was very disheartening, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, all your, all your suspicions come to life. I have the quote right here. Oh, uh, please. Read it. Okay. She said, yes, I have just been hired by WWE. Given the things that you know about me in my entire life, I'm into, okay, that's, uh, yes, that's surprising. Uh, yeah, she, she has no wrestling background. Okay, that wasn't, that wasn't part of the quote. She said, uh, oh, yeah, she was into comedy writing, and they were like, perfect, come on in. <laughs> and then she uh-huh. said, she goes on to say, so I'm on the Monday Night Raw team. There's a Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown, and people I know that are on it are Bobby. His name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley, and uh, I really should know that. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's 
<laughs> he's like this giant black guy and he and the people who are part of his crew, I know that they call, or at least as of last year, they called themselves the Hurt Business. Yeah, the Hurt Business. They wear suits and they're like, we're cool. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> hmm So, yeah. Okay, this is why, you know, Alexa Bliss is putting the whammy on people. This is why... Morgan was a Morgan Rose was having the dream sequence in when this is the thing. This is the thing that when I finally said, okay, I'm done with the WWF. Oh, you mean Mandy like, Rose? Mandy Rose. Yes. Yeah. Like she had this dream sequence, which was a parody of Phoebe Cates's famous scene in um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High when, yeah. when what's his name? It was in the bathroom. <laughs> no, no, he he was coming out of the uh, the water. He was oh. he was coming out of the pool. Or she wasn't she coming out of the pool? No, she no. Oh. Mandy Rose was was watching her boyfriend. What's the name of the guy? Oh, Otis. 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 Yeah, he 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 was being Phoebe Cates. Oh, okay, right. From, from Fast Times, and as he was coming out of the water. Like Mandy Rose is getting all excited and all that, and he's totally being, you know, reenacting that famous scene. It turned out to be a dream sequence. Yeah, it was like um, how are we seeing this. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? You gotta be kidding me! Like this is okay. I like the way the WWF used to do these vignettes to introduce stars, like like Mister Perfect and Rick Rude and all that. Those worked. And those were wrestling vignettes. This is just bad, bad TV writing and all that. And I could tell this was not written by a booker. Jim Cornette, even Vince Russo, did, didn't come up with anything this fucking bad. It had to have been like a ex-writer of Friends or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, was, that was the thing that I finally said, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm tapped. I'm, I'm tapped. And so that was it. So when Kenise here came, came out and exposed all this to something we already knew, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of that. It's like, well, okay, she's probably responsible for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, rant, rant done. I'm coming down off yeah. the snowball. No, no, it's 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 uh, it's yeah, a fair assessment. Um, <laughs> when when I read that, I thought I was reading like I I or I was like, no, this can't be real. And then I was like, oh shit, it is. <laughs> for her, like for her to say, like I I skipped over that part in her quote where she said. Uh, they did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing. And yeah, that's when they said, "Perfect, come on in." Yeah. <laughs> uh. I guess I guess the idea is to make it as sports entertainment as possible, and then Bruce and whoever else will be the ones to kind of take that idea and sort of make it pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they're just coming up with shit that even a guy with the experience that Bruce Pritchard has, he, he can't work with this shit. Yeah. It must be so frustrating. There's no diamonds in that cool. There's not. Not at all. Not at all. 
when when they when the WWF is sold, okay, and it really doesn't matter. Bruce Pritchard retires. He is going to write one hell of a tell-all book. Mm-hmm. Okay, when he has absolutely nothing to lose, because I gave up on his podcast once he went back to the, the WWF because it's like, okay, it's he's just going to tow the company line. Yeah. Okay. When there is no more company to tow, okay, the shit that's going to come out of that guy's mouth is just going to be wow. Yep. Uh, okay. So, uh, out of all of these, out of all these people, just just a quick idea here, guy. Like, who? Where would you like to see Tony Nese go? Tony Nese, I can see going to Impact. Maybe even Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is my idea too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he would be best best be suited there. And I believe he's heavily connected. Like he was from the East, the Indies in the East Coast. I believe so. Of the U.S., yeah, and he's done his time being on the Shining Wizards Network on one one show or another over the years. So he's uh, heavily connected to us. So mm-hmm. I we wish yeah. him all the best, and I would really like to see him in Ring of Honor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can see. I can see the Bollywood boys going to Impact. Yep. Yeah, that was my prediction too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stucky's still with us. Yeah, I'm still here. Right. <laughs> You're too quiet sometimes, man. Yeah, way too, <laughs> way too quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, who, who else? Who else did we? Ari I would like to see Ari Davari go to a Ring of Honor because he is a really good wrestler, but he does that so he plays that uh, the role of that heel that just like the super serious heel that. Uh, like doesn't tolerate bullshit, you know. Right. Was, yeah, and I can picture him being in a feud with Danhausen and Ring of Honor. Ah, that guy's a buzz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Danhausen, very good, very evil, very famous. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy screams death metal artist. Yep. <laughs> Where when 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 he's singing, he's but then you talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What? They announced they, they announce him as being over like 300 pounds, right? Uh yeah. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. So he's got the crash holy weight gimmick. Yeah, to an extent, and then he's got the king diamond makeup and or yeah. some, But apparently, his biggest inspiration was Conan O'Brien. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, which I'm surprised Conan O'Brien's not writing on the WWF. They're, no. they're 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 not on the right. He's not on the writing staff. Well, I mean, if his if his WWE writing would be any would be as half as good as the Simpsons episodes, then I would be welcome to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wrote the monorail episode of the Simpsons. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So who who else we got? Who else we got? That's uh well Brazango, I guess I don't know, because that's kind of up in the air because Breeze has right. like said he might not wrestle again. Fandango. Okay. The the other guy Tony Khan will take just because he's an ex WWF guy. Yeah, that's that's kind of become a bit of a yeah. shitty trip, but 
And Killian Dane, yeah, I, I could see going yeah. impact. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said earlier, Marina Shafir, I can see her going back to MMA more than anything. And, yeah, I don't like, again, I'm sorry to Mr. Ruaz. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully he's, wherever he lands, he'll get a better push. Probably impact. Well, I guess we'll say was it just right. <laughs> if, we're, if we're throwing darts at the at the wall randomly. <laughs> we're gonna be getting a call from him. Uh-huh. You know, like what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, come on the show. Tell us. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We, we. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Come on and get to know you. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh. Going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. This mainly sucks that 14 people lost their jobs again. Yeah, but at least this time around, they have somewhere to go as opposed to last year. Because, like, yeah. last, like, there was nothing open. Like, nobody could really go anywhere. Right. It, it was either WWE or AEW. I guess there was mm. that well because the last year's Slammiversary had a big, uh, uh, influx of people that got fired from WWE coming in. Right. Uh, maybe we might see that again this weekend. Who knows? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. going to be interesting. Keep keep our eyes open. I believe, is it today or sometime this week, is the 23rd anniversary of that famous Undertaker-Mankind Hell in a Cell match. As it's we today. Said, it's today. <laughs> Okay, it's today. June 28th, yep. Ah, okay, okay. And obviously, that's the thing, you know, that people retain the most from Hell in a Cell. Those two brutal, brutal bumps that Mick Foley took. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What? Okay, and then we're now... We're transitioning, we're switching to this week's Turnbuckle Talk, all things hell in a cell, considering, you know, that event just happened. And today was that rather bizarre anniversary. What was going through, sorry? So so this episode is being bookended by hell in a cell. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What was going through your minds when you saw this? that particular match. Like, <laughs> yeah, like my 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 initial thought was that like the like in 1998, obviously everyone was so gung ho, like oh wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake. Why do you watch this fake shit? Like that still happens today, but back then oh, it was like yeah, because it was so mainstream. Still get questions as if that table hurt. Yeah, but it it's like back then, like because wrestling was such a mainstream. Uh, mainstream thing that it, it kind of became like the norm for like mainstream news outlets to like debunk wrestling and be like, Oh, we're going to prove to you that it's fake. And we're going to bring these guys on and we're going to ask them all the questions. And invader ended up threatening a guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> did, did, uh, didn't Dave Schultz teach these guys anything? Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you see it all the time in highlight packages, Mick Foley being thrown from the top of the cell through the Spanish announce table. 
Mm-hmm. JR's initial reaction was just absolutely like it's it, well, that'll go down as one of the most iconic commentary oh, yeah. lines in all time, saying like, "Good God Almighty, Good God Almighty, they kill them. He's wasted. He's broken in half." <laughs> Okay, yeah, like that first one was brutal enough. Mm-hmm. That that second bump through the top of the cage to this Wait. day, did they what? ever say if that was it was that an accident? Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was supposed okay. to sag, but it ended up snapping open. Right, right. <laughs> because there's no way that anyone, not not Mick Foley, not New Jack, not Sabu, no one, none of these guys, okay, in their right mind, sober, okay, <laughs> would would agree to that bump. No. Okay. That second yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, worse. Yeah, I'm surprised Mick Foley took, like, willingly took that first bump. Like, right. and, like, that was only, like, a couple minutes into the match, too, because the match started on top of the cage. Right. Like Mick Foley was way up there while Undertaker was coming out. Undertaker climbed up the cage, even though he had a broken... Yeah, that was another thing. Undertaker had a broken foot going into this match, but he came out on the better end. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Fuck. Yeah, so it starts on the top of the cage, and they're walking They're walking along, and then at a couple spots, the, uh, the snap ties, you could see, were, like, breaking. And then when they got close to that edge, you were kind of just like, ooh. Uh, I was like, oh, are they... It's like, mm. And, like, then that then that part came where Undertaker just grabbed mankind by the back of his pants and his neck and just threw him off like it was nothing. And I was just like, like before, like before he initially went off and went to the table, I was like, no, nah, he's going to grab the edge of the cell. And then he just went, goes off. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, I was 12 years old when I when this happened. So, right. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, uh, it was surreal, and then I just had to remind myself that it's fake, you know, and he's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, at least, at least you hope. Yeah. Like, and, of course, there's the iconic image of his tooth in his nostril. Oh, yeah, when they... Because, they yeah, that was that was another thing. Like, that's yeah, but, fucked up. It is. <laughs> okay, but, like, I've seen some brutal injuries, but that is just really weird to, I like, think the most- to see that. I think the most fucked up thing looking back is uh, in that spot where he did get choke slammed through the top of the cell and onto the mat was when he when he landed on the mat he bounced and he his body changed direction in midair like he bounced uh-huh. his body. yeah it was just like and the chair hit him on the head on the way down yeah that too yeah there was a chair on on the top of the cell that was on the part with a broken yeah that's uh that that obviously didn't help matters and yeah I still, I still love his story that he told when he's on what culture whatever it was and he's like what did terry funk say to you before the undertaker basically killed him hmm. <laughs> and so taker went up to terry and was like can you see if he's alive? Yeah, is he breathing? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And then Terry goes, yeah, he's still breathing. And then Taker just jumps <laughs> up. Yeah, tombstones him out of his shoes, I believe. Yeah, jumps out of his shoes. Oh, jumps out of his shoes. Yeah, that was it. I'm actually surprised 
after that second bump that they continued the match. Yeah, well, that, you know, like, like even the commentary team, like after after he went through the the roof, you know, I'm pretty sure Jerry Lawler said, "That's it, he's dead." Like he just didn't even know what else to say, and like Jr. Yeah. was like, oh, "Stop the damn match." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was like, of course, as a young kid, I was just like. Yeah, I was just like, oh, no, keep going, keep it going. Like, they, they know what they're doing. Like, it's fake. Oh. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's like yeah. even some of the stuff on the indies they do to each other today, some of the landings, it's like, just just, just end it, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm all for hard-hitting, hard-hitting, strong style, make it believable as possible. I'm old school just as much as you know, anyone else my age, but man, like there is, there's a time where it's just not worth it when I'm not having a good time. And I wasn't having a good time watching, you know, Mick Foley almost dying, you know, is also the 23rd anniversary of Mick still paying for his fucking medical bills for that. (laughs) Probably is. Yeah. Now, yeah, if, he was, if he was a good Canadian boy, no problem. Yeah. 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 But Vince yeah. should have been paying those for him. Like, well, so. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a whole other thing, because once you start getting into into that, and, you know, the last thing he, he wanted was, you know, any sort of union, unionization and all that. There's no way Vince wants to pay for, you know, the health safety and welfare of his employees yeah they'll, they'll or they'll fund rehab for anyone yeah who is whatever, <laughs> yeah <laughs> who, who is under contract or ever has been under contract they'll fund the rehab but yeah they, they won't pay their medical bills well, right so yeah that has to be far and away like the most memorable moment not not only hell in a cell history but just easy like the top 20 moments in pro wrestling in general which maybe that's something that we have to do on a turnbuckle talk you know our top five moments of all time i can't even imagine what must have been going through the undertaker's head uh during those two big bumps because like i'm sure sure like uh there was a moment where he thought that mick foley might have been actually dead and then he killed him yeah, and he's just like, oh my god! Especially after that second bump, he's dead. I'm, I'm going to jail. Vince is going yeah. to jail. You know, like I'm pretty sure even after after the match was done, when Vince was in the back talking to Mick Foley, I'm pretty sure Mick Foley doesn't even remember this. But uh, probably not. Yeah, I think Vince, like Vince, said that he went up to Mick and said, "Look, I appreciate everything that you did for me out there, but I never want to see that ever again." Ah, uh huh, uh huh. A wise man once said that looked great. Don't ever fucking do it again like that. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Hell in a Cell itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, rather a unique match. It it or its its origins go back to 1997. The the Bad Blood. I guess it was one of the In Your House. Yeah, bad blood. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of a blow off for Michael Shawn Michaels Undertaker in a way to introduce Kane. It's Kane. It's That's gotta be. Kane. It's gotta be Kane. 
I'm like, God, by God. And um, the whole idea, okay, originally originated from the mind of Jim Cornette. Now, see, now there's there's something people can bash Cornette all they want about his slant on uh, on on modern wrestling, but he did a lot, you know, for wrestling behind the scenes, not only. You know, in the WWF, but in Ring of Honor and in WCW and the territories and all that. Like the guy, give give the devil his due, because he he came up with 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 this concept that's still standing today. Now, granted, okay, he did kind of take the idea from his days in Memphis. Jerry Lawler had a lot of these type of cage matches that surround that gave some area you know, around the ring to work as well. And the idea of closing the top of the cage came from uh, the last battle of Atlanta. Oh, first time, very first time that happened. uh, 1983, I want to say it was the mid Atlantic area, Tommy Rich versus Buzz Sawyer in, Mm. in, in Atlanta. They had that brutal, brutal cage match, and the selling point to that was the roof over the cage. That was okay. the very, the very first match, the very first time that ever happened. And of course, the NWA they they kept that tradition going. Uh, uh, Crockett Mid Atlantic became Crockett, which was still part of the NWA. And then, boom, that was the war games. Ah, yes. Okay. So it, it, it went from last battle of Atlantic to war games to hell in a cell. And that's where we are today. And don't forget about the shark cage match. <laughs> <laughs> the shark cage match. Okay, what am I missing there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Didn't we talk about the shark cage match last time? Or it was like... Uh... Like two guys like in the shark cage by themselves was like, oh, what do you what, what can you really do with this? So it's just like, oh, yeah, a cage with a roof on it. But it's just like li- literally like, what, three feet of movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that, evolved, then that just kept evolving from there. You know? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to share a little bit of my real world with you. I'm like I, I keep what I do for money, like my money job. I kind of keep it away from this program away from radioactive metal and just the scenes in general. I don't really like to talk about my money job, but I'm in the shipping department. And when I ship out freight going to other depots throughout the company, I use these cages that look like shark cages. It's about the same height. It's only about seven feet tall. Mm Mm-hmm maybe about three, th- th- three feet wide. They look like shark, shark, shark cages. I call them, I call them that. And I've more than once, you know, have I thought of, you know, this would be a good idea for a match and all that. So I'm going to have to, one of these, one of these days, I'm going to have to bring you guys by my work and all of that, just to, just okay. so you can see the shark cages that I work with. A glimpse into the life of Snowy White. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. It's my my what I what I'm doing here and the scene and all that is a lot more interesting than what I do out in the real world. Trust me. Oh, right. the work will know that we know you immediately. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you won't have to tell them we're coming. We'll just show up and like, Dolly must know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just have have three or four big, big guys in Motorhead t-shirts and punk rock hairdos <laughs> and all that. Oh, you're looking for Snowy. Yeah, he's his office is down the road or is down the hall. Oh, I'll rock up in my camo shorts and my Bullet Club hat and my Dawn of the Dead t-shirt. <laughs> there we are. Oh, they'll know exactly. Oh, yeah. you're looking for Snowy, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the origins of the Hell in the Cell. And, all mm-hmm. that. and you know what? Okay, to be honest, I, I understand the history of it, and I, I get it. Going through this afternoon for what little prep for these shows that we actually do, and sometimes that really comes across. I yeah. hate to say it. <laughs> okay. I'm going through all the 50, 49, 50 matches or whatever. I didn't even know. That. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was that many. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but there's been. There has been that that many, and you know, there's even been some on like Raw and on SmackDown and uh, Wrestle like WrestleManias and yeah, Raw and SmackDown as of these past couple weeks. Like yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of going through the 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 history of them here now, and it's I don't remember any of these. Like none of these matches mean anything to me. No, it was. The Hell in a Cell used to be something so spectacular, like a feud ending, like like last resort. Like that's it exactly. That's what cage matches were for. Mm-hmm. It was it was the blow off to a major feud or a major angle, and now it just seems like I I don't know. It just it seems like it's just like another match. Yeah, it, it became a gimmick. It became after they started doing. Uh, pay-per-views that were named after match types it was just like right. oh, okay then yeah. then then you knew it's like oh in october we get hell in a cell all right and then that kind of just takes the surprise out of it i i miss those days when like there would be like a, a like not even for a title necessarily but it, yeah they could throw the title in there but it, like they like these two guys would be having an absolute blood feud they would be like neck and neck with like however many wins they have over each other and then like on one episode of raw or smackdown or whatever they get in the ring and be like he's like it's like this ends at the next pay-per-view that's right we're gonna go in the cage the only way that this ends is in hell in a cell that's right good old-fashioned booking and it worked it worked every time because you got stoked for that cage match, for that Hell in a Cell match, because it didn't happen all the time. Right. Ah. And now was, we get like three a year. Yeah, and now they're on Raw or on yes. SmackDown. And well, remember, two of the original Hell in a Cell matches were on Raw. Well, like dark no. matches, weren't they? <laughs> Um, I got June 15th, 1998, Undertaker and Stone Cold versus Mankind in Cage and and Kane on Raw. Okay. That that was actual, like, like, I think that was like a, oh, okay, maybe not. All right. I don't know. Like, I don't remember that match either. (laughs) To be quite honest. I don't know any of these. The power of the internet is in my hands right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We do. 
Sorry? In, in my opinion, there's only like three real standout Hell in a Cell matches. Like, okay. uh, after it kind of became a gimmick and like was just like, oh, it's October, Hell in a Cell time, or like, yeah, you know, we're gonna have multiple Hell in a Cell matches on one night, or even like this past weekend, uh, or last weekend, where it was like, oh, we got a Hell in a Cell match on Friday, and now we have two on Sunday, and all right, yeah, guess what? We have one on Raw. It's like, okay, so we've had <laughs> four, we've had four Hell in a Cell matches in as many days. Wow. Was because Raw, because the USA Network was mad that Fox had one first. Well, okay. That, that, I I understand that, but come on. Like, at this point, having four Hell in a Cell matches, as I said, in just as many days, I think it needs to go away for a while. Oh, yeah. It should be an annual thing, and it should only be one. And a surprise. Not, and, not yeah. Like, it, 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 it shouldn't be scheduled. Mm-hmm. Like, I've said before in the past, the only two pay-per-views that should have matches, or that should be named after matches, are the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series. Yeah. That's it. Bang on. Yeah. Don't, I... Change change elimination chamber back to no way out because that was actually a clever little thing, <laughs> and uh, get rid of Hell in a Cell. Have that at like a, as a blow off match at like SummerSlam or whatever. Like uh, Money in the Bank, actually keep Money in the Bank because that's actually made a name for itself. Not, yeah, and that takes it somewhere. No, I get yeah. I get that. Yes. Yeah. I did like when Money in the Bank was a WrestleMania staple, but it's it being its own pay per view actually does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, okay. So three, there are three three yeah. pay per views that are named after match types. Okay, so I'm really curious then as to what your favorite Hell in the Cell matches were. Well, two of them are the ones we already talked about, which were uh, the first one with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, because like. Uh, it was a first, like, well, yeah, first time ever, and like, mm-hmm. you, you've never seen anything like it before. And also, it was the debut of Kane, and I can only imagine how awesome that must have been to see live, and like, right. just, like seeing Kane walk out and like ripping the door off of the the cage, and it was a memorable moment that still is in like in highlight packages to this day. That's right. You always you always remember your first time. Always, yeah. And then let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And then June eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight, at King of the Ring. That's I you you can't really argue that WWE kind of jumped the shark <laughs> with LSL matches with the the one we've been talking about. Like between Mankind and The Undertaker. That was kind of the pinnacle of Hell in a Cell matches. Like mm-hmm. after a guy thrown off the top through a table and then goes through like where do you go from there you can't yeah like yeah. it's 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 literally you've jumped the shark you're right that's good enough yeah. you've you've, but, you've done it all yeah but the third one that i really did like was triple h versus cactus jack that was a really good one too where mick foley again went through the top of the cage but this time he didn't actually slam onto the mat yeah, there was actually like a they did the trapdoor thing where he went through the canvas. Oh, okay. And so there was actually some give there this time. It's still one. 
<laughs> yeah, I have no no doubt in my mind that he got hurt still, but at least it was a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. But yeah, that match between Triple H and Cactus Jack and Hell in a Cell was definitely though that 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 and that that was to bring back to my previous point a feud ender because those two had already had like a brutal street fight at uh, the Royal Rumble before that. And they said, like, no, there's only one way we're ending this, and it's inside Hell in a Cell. And if Mick Foley lost, then that was his retirement match. Right. And then he was back a month later. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, but it was, okay. yeah. Because no, no stipulation really lasts. Like, my heart goes out. Like, what a trooper Cactus Jack's wife is. Yeah. I can only okay, imagine. like, my heart goes out to her because I know, like, like if 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 it was Mrs. Snowy after she saw me take those two huge bumps, mm-hmm. and then they want to do it again, you know, mm-hmm. at at nor no way out in two thousand, like yeah. Mrs. Snowy, like she would be in Titan Towers so quick, brandishing a chair, <laughs> okay, <laughs> saying there's no fucking way, like you're doing that to my husband again. Like she yeah. would just, she would just go ballistic. If you were fully Mrs. Snowy, would have killed you when you were in Japan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gone <laughs> so back from doing like two months of death matches, and she would have just been like, "Are you fucking Are you nuts? Kidding me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just so my just, just not not just Foley's wife, but. Like a lot of these guys that have just been put right through the ringer, Terry Funk, like mm-hmm. Mrs. Funk and all that. We have to get one of these wives on the show and just get their feedback about everything that they went through. You know, I'm like every, everyone has a story, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Mrs. Whoever would ha- would ha- would have something to say? No, no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, what about you? you? Yeah, what what have you got? Because I don't have any. I'm yeah. I'm 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 tapped. I'm like I said. I'm going through the list here. Yeah, like pick out of course are those four that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one for me too is the first uh, Lesnar Taker. Okay. Hell in a Cell 2015? No. 2002. Oh, Biker Taker. Yeah. Ah. That one. (laughs) That was the one that led to... uh, I I believe that was the one that led to the creation of the Elimination Chamber. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that one was so good. Right. Holy shit. You guys are like the Rain Man when it comes to this stuff. (laughs) That's the one. Where Brock like threw the stairs at Taker, and you could tell there was an actual little hole in Taker's head. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. That man was gushing. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Well, Snowy, just for a brief, our brief backstory of what I was saying, that uh, this was a SmackDown exclusive match that Stephanie McMahon had announced. It was Undertaker versus uh, Brock for the WWE title. And, and take- okay. Yeah. Past. Yeah. Broke his hand two weeks prior. And this was a biker taker, right? Pretty sure? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was Bud Kotager. Okay. But then, like, the next week on Raw, Eric Bischoff was like, oh, it's like, we're, he's like, Stephanie McMahon's going to find out when what happens when you try to help promote Eric Bischoff. So I'm going to make <laughs> this new match. The Elimination Chamber. It's like, ah, okay. Like, was like, and then, and then he didn't explain what it was until the week after that. I was like, oh, it sounds like he just made that name up off the top of his head. Because <laughs> like, he had this look on his face where he was just like, God damn it, why did I say that? <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, for a brief history there. That's I, I okay. Well, yeah. Anyway. How you guys remember this? I have no idea because I sure as hell don't. And this was before I got into uh, alcohol and marijuana. Oh, okay, that explains <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Anyway, Ducky, continue. Um, the Triple H Jericho one was pretty good too. Yes, that's I don't the only. That. That's I, the only Hell match which ended on top of the cell. Uh, how did it like by pinfall or submission? Yeah, or? pinfall. Triple H pedigreed him, and then the ref oh. counted three on top. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, see, I don't remember that one. When did that one happen? Uh, judge, judge, judgment Day, May nineteenth, two thousand two, in Tennessee. Hmm, okay. Yeah, that one doesn't really get talked about a whole lot, probably because Jericho's in AEW. But yeah, they're probably also another good one. Um, the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. Oh, the Six Man. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, okay. Let me see if I can do this. It was Undertaker, The Rock. Yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Kishi. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold. Yep. Big Show. Nope. No. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I got five of them. Who was the sixth guy? Triple H. Oh, Triple H, of course. Oh, yeah, it was 2000. Of course it was Triple H. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was the one where, uh, where Kishi got thrown into that, uh, the hay, the hay truck. Yep. Yeah. Right, and uh, I do. I do believe before, right, right before Undertaker threw, uh, or he it was supposed to be a choke slam, but it just looked like he pushed him. Yeah, because there was no way Rikishi would have actually hit the truck if he actually did give him a legit choke slam, and I'm pretty sure Undertaker would have gone off with him if he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, like Rikishi, I'm pretty sure said to Undertaker right before he went off, was like, "Tell my wife I love her." because <laughs> she's gonna kill me if i do another yeah. one of these matches yeah <laughs> that would be me yeah <laughs> she, she can't kill us all if i say that yeah, yeah. right yeah Group. that okay <laughs> G- guys that works once once only once. okay yes yes there was one time she was fuming mad at me Okay, and I said to her, you are pretty. I took a line right out of Hank Hill from, <laughs> from, from King of the Hill. Yeah, I said to her, yeah, she was fuming mad. I said, you are pretty. She stopped. She smiled. It, the conversation was done. Mm-hmm. I tried that again. Forget it. It, it works <laughs> once, guys. You tried it's that right. again. You took a super kick. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. That's you tried right. it again. The frown only got more intense. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. You heard the you heard the intro to the Wyatt family theme song, and then the room <laughs> dark, and you're like, "Oh shit!" 
Oh shit! Uh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she's wise to my shit by now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, what else you guys got? Uh, what about uh, Taker Orton? That one was good. Oh yeah, that was the one where uh, Taker gave Orton his "quote unquote" receipt for uh, a shot that he had given him earlier. I yep. believe. Yeah. It was like seven months prior, and he just went, "Here it comes, kid!" Yeah. <laughs> like it's coming. <laughs> well, what was the receipt for? Was it? Uh... It was for a chair shot that Orton oh. hit him in the back of the head with the chair and cut him. Right, and yeah, Undertaker wasn't, or that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, but then afterwards, Undertaker was like, it's fine, but I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get you back. All right, did <laughs> did he Undertaker. actually say that on the air, a receipt's coming? No, it was backstage. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Have well no, it was like, during the match, during the match when uh, Orton was down, Undertaker like leaned over and like actually said to him, he's like, so you know that receipt that I talked about? Well, it's coming right now. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't hear it on air. But, oh okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, I love WWE Untold. Little half yeah. hour to do because when Orton said he hit Taker with that chair when he cut him backstage, he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna die! Oh fuck, I'm gonna die! He's gonna kill me! He's gonna kill me!" And yeah. Taker just came up to him, and Orton went up to apologize, and Taker's like, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, you're real sweet. I'll get you back." <laughs> okay, the the concept of that. Okay, I understand. Things get heated. People get into fights. It's all in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. That's very poor professionalism, okay, to say you've got a receipt coming and I'm going to, quote, unquote, get you back. That's very schoolyard. And I'm not defending Randy Orton. Out of everyone in the world of wrestling, okay, I don't like Randy Orton at all, character and person. Okay, but personalize he has matured quite a bit. Okay, but fair enough. But Undertaker was a veteran at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and to say something like that, like that's schoolyard bullshit. Like that that really is. And I understand it goes on in wrestling all the time. It always has, it always will. Okay, but to like like you're it's like you're marking it on the calendar. I'm going to get you at this day equals mm-hmm. I'm going to get you at recess. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I understand what you're saying. Which that's, I understand the, the heat in the moment, and it's happened many years in the past. Some, something goes wrong within the match, and it turns into a shoot and all that. Shit happens, okay? Yeah, that really yeah. happened at uh, ICW last weekend. Well, I don't doubt that. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, Kimberly was facing Sadika from Mexico, and Kimber did something Sadika didn't like in the pit, and Sadika shot on her, and Kimber was like, "No, fuck this," and just left. Well, I would too. I would too. I'm, you know, I'm not compromising my unless, like, like if it if it continued, like uh, a couple of punches here and there. Okay, you can work it. You can work the shoot into the match, but if your opponent's not doing anything to bring the match around and continue in a professional manner, then walk away. I don't need this bullshit. Mm-hmm. So Kimberly probably did the right thing, and she's got a gig on Impact. 
yeah that that she has to maintain yeah which is, which is probably paying her as opposed to this whatever Cornette calls it mud show well, i can i, I can never remember it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah show bullshit that's right <laughs> that's right yeah all of that match i saw was the end of it when oh. Kim was just like, you know what, fuck this, and she just walked out of the cage, and then Sadiqa was walking after, and then she stopped, and Kimber kept going. And then I was like, what the fuck happened? And then I watched it, saw clips of the full thing, it's like, okay, so Kimber did something that pissed Sadiqa off, and Sadiqa was like, you know what, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> well, then, yeah. like, I'm out. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's not worth it. If you're just on these indie shows in front of 100 people, then... Oh, there was way more than 100 people. Yeah? Well. Okay, but that's my my point is still the same, regardless yeah. of how many people, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about this show. Like, we, the three of us, we have so much in common, but, you know, we also have our own ways of looking at things, which always makes for great conversation. What else, what else you got, dude? Anything else? Uh- one more I'll talk about um, the New Day and the Usos. That was fantastic. Oh yeah, from 2017. Yeah, yeah, that actually was pretty good. I do remember that being really good. That was tornado the, tag team match. Yeah, that was the last year that I believe it was uh, the the regular chain link uh, steel or like silver cage. Because mm-hmm. then the next year they went to the red one. I believe. I could be wrong. No, 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 they did. In 20, 2018 was the first year of the Red Cage. Yeah, they needed to spice it up. The first year of the shit you can't see through when you're watching it. Yeah, well, the red lights, well, no, 2019 with the red lights with the Fiend, that didn't help at all. No. <laughs> yeah. Mm, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, ever since ever since they made it red, it made it, like, way more of a novelty than it was before. I think, but but anyway, back to the yeah the Usos and New Day match that was actually really good. It was yeah Biggie and Xavier. Yeah, yeah. Which I kind of would have like. I, I love Biggie, but I think I, I would have preferred Kofi in that match mm-hmm. just for the high flying aspect against the Usos. But and I love like, the New Day's podcast on it too, is because that whole kendo stick idea where he got trapped and handcuffed and hit that was it was Xavier's idea. Oh. Like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, where they, they they wedged the kendo sticks into the two into the corner and like trapped him there. No, when he was handcuffed oh. on the turnbuckle, just hanging there. Oh, right on the on the ring post where he was like like the hang were like yeah. hanging. that was Buck's idea. <laughs> oh shit! And after yeah. like two, he was like, "Okay, bad day, bad day, bad day." Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of him. Yeah, no, I have to, I have to go back and rewatch that one because I do remember enjoying it when I when I watched it live. Even though even though it wasn't like your traditional like, or it didn't have your like hell in a cell spot on the top of the cage where someone jumps off, where, but nevertheless, it was still a good match. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can't all uh-huh. we can't all be Shane McMahon or <sighs> or Mick Foley. well see that that's that's just it like uh, shane mcmahon's it's to the point now his and i understand he's not a full-time wrestler and all that but his career 
is just doing these crazy WrestleMania stunts. Yep. You know, and yeah. is that is that is that just to cover up the, the fact that you don't have a work rate? You yeah. Know, which I it 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 is exactly because we know he has no work rate because he's he's an office guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just bring him Wait. out as a gimmick every once in a while. Is with X Pac is run so. Sorry? And all his all he did in his matches against X Pac were run. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, when, oh, it came okay. to, when it came when it came to his like big spots, yeah, like at WrestleMania, yeah, all he did was like jump off stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or do something really stupid. His biggest one is still the one he did to Big Show, though. Which was where? Backlash when he jumped off Titan Tron. Oh god! Oh, oh right! I remember that. God, that, that landing. It like it looked like he landed on an air mattress, but still, from that high up, you're hitting the fucking floor. Like, yeah. Well, what about when uh, was it? I think it was at SummerSlam when he climbed up the. Black. Yeah, when Steve Blackman followed him up the Titan Tron and whacked yeah. him in the back with a kendo stick, and he just fell backwards, like not even seeing where he was going. That would have been terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Are you proud of me now, Dad? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly <laughs> what that is. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. Wow. Well, before we bring this crazy train into the station here, I've discovered something here we might be kind of interested in. Uh, the Undertaker, although this is probably no surprise, has had the most appearances with 14 with a record of 8 and 6. Uh, five, 571 batting average, not bad. Not bad. Uh, Triple H with nine, with a 666 batting average. <laughs> Woo! Six, six and three. <laughs> okay, and Triple H being a Motorhead fan. Okay, I love the way, like, the world comes together like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, like that. <laughs> That's awesome. R- Randy Orton had eight appearances. He was five and three. For 625 batting average, uh, Roman Reigns, had, uh, he's 4-1 and one with five appearances. He was batting 800. That's pretty I damn mean, good. 4-1? WWE.com even said the other day he's 4-0. Oh. Well, that's uh, because the one match he had against Braun Strowman was a no contest. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 And for the ladies, Sasha Banks holds a record for three appearances. Okay, and then Bailey's got two. Right. Yeah. Okay. No. No. I just can't. I can't find it here. Yeah, Sasha Banks. Is yeah, but she's 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 one and two. She's only batting three thirty three. Okay, and all that, and that is what I've got. All right, and, and okay, and the amazing thing though, okay, Cactus Jack slash Mankind at four, and he was three and one. Where he was no no victories, and only one was a no contest. Oh and shit! He, this is—he's most famous for that match, and he's batting a thousand 
on it. Or he's 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 batting zero on it. Oh shit. Okay. Wow. wow. So that is our hell in a cell. Is there anything else that we uh, want to we want to get out? I'm pretty tapped for this topic right right now. No, okay. Well, I got to say, this was definitely a very entertaining and enlightening discussion. Thank you so much, gentlemen. How can uh, people get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Wrestling Night in Canada or on Instagram at Wrestling Night in Canada. Right on, right on. And of course, Wrestling Night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, Shining Wizards Network. Dot com, basically your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling podcast. There's ourself. There's the Shining Wizards Network itself. There's uh, a variety of the turnbuckle throwbacks. A variety of wicked, not only pro wrestling but pop culture. And 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 if you haven't had enough of your cool Uncle Snowy, which I don't know why you would want more of me. There's only one person in the world that wants that. She shall remain nameless right now. Anyways, you can check me out there on the Shining Wizards Network with our brother program, Radioactive Metal, where I host a really cool show with my good buddy Aaron, and we talk all things heavy metal. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been another Fantastic episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>